This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save over $700 on average, and those savings add up. Imagine what you could buy in the future. So I used the savings from switching to Progressive 30 years ago to buy tickets to the championship game. You know, between those two teams that didn't exist 30 years ago? Yeah, I'm a big Alaska Palm Trees fan. Which is a team now, in the future? So switch to Progressive and save big because those savings can add up in the future. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National annual average insurance savings by new customer surveyed who saved with Progressive in 2020. Potential savings will vary. Welcome again to Cottage Talk. I'm Russ Goldman. Joining me right now is Jan Shaneas. This is our preview of the upcoming match on Saturday, Saturday night, for Fulham against Newcastle United. This should be interesting, and I have a lot to talk about in regards to this match along with my co-host, but I'm going to go right to Giannis because I want to get Giannis's thoughts on the match last night, the nil-nil draw. Now, Giannis didn't have the right score, but he had a draw prediction. Giannis, over to you. Your opening thoughts on the match from last night. Yeah, I've got to get rid of Parker, haven't we, really? <laughs> get rid of him. Terrible manager. Awful. Parker ball. Back and forth. No plan B. Oh, my God. Oh, the little, the little Nellies moaning and groaning last night. Russell, after the game, um, you know, the, the, the media thing they do on TV. Yep. Scott, you said that you know the right things and what have you. But I'd invite people to watch the interview um, with Graham Potter. Okay. He, he talked about in this particular division, you don't get anything. You, I mean, you, it's got to be top draw every game. You've got to skimp and crawl and what have you. Burnley drew at Villa today. Yep. Their fourth clean sheet in six games. So now we're back in the bottom three. Right. But you look at our results and our development. You look at Burnley, West Brom. This is a tough division. We don't have, as fans, any divine right to look at a team and go, oh, we're going to stuff them. Yeah, we'll have them. I don't know what the basis of so much confidence towards Brighton was. Unless you'd seen Brighton play this year, and I have quite a bit. I know you have. I, I highly rate them. Their position belies the way they play. On against Leicester, first 10, 12 minutes, I thought they played very well and they had some chances. And then 
typical sucker punch. The Foxes go at it. Jamie Vardy does his usual brilliant stuff. They end up losing 3 nothing. But then you've got players like Lamptey coming in. And you've got players like Adam Lalana coming in. They had a, yep. a strong lineup, strong enough that Mope was on the bench. That's right. They're a good side and they are well coached. And all things being considered, before last night, I would have been okay with a point last night. Yep. I'd have been ecstatic with the three. And if you can hear a cat in the background, the cat's in heat. <laughs> what can I say? Must be must be a Sheffield United sport. But you, you take you take all that and you you know. Let's look at it from Scottish. Let's look at it from. Let's go back to Sunday, Russ, for a second. Sure. We deserve to win on Sunday. We only got one point. We absolutely I, did. Right now, what would have happened if we played as well as we did la, uh, on Sunday? Felt we should have got the three points, but then last night went and lost to Brighton. That would, oh. I mean, that would nullify. Yeah, exactly. Happened. And everything that you do is a, everything that you do is a progression. Brighton didn't play particularly well up at, at the King Power. There was going to be a reaction. And there was a response. And there was a response. And they had strong players back in the lineup. People were saying, oh, well, they made six changes and they freshened things up. No, 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 no. There were enforced absences that that you know, prevented them from, from playing um, down at um, – playing up at the King Pass. So they played right. against us. And I thought um, what we I saw was what I expected. And yep. we cannot take anyone for granted. There have been some – Arsenal near the bottom. You got, you got. I mean, you've got teams. The only team that's been consistent to form now is Sheffield United. Have they scored? They just scored, Giannis. We're, they've just we're scored, and, this, and they actually and I scored. Said, and I said to I, I said to Judy before the game, look, the way this division's panning out, don't take, don't, don't, no, 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 don't you take anything for granted. Don't think because they've got one point. No, 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 no. It's going to be that kind of division and that kind yeah. of year. At the top, nobody wants to win it right now. And at the bottom, the, 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 the difference, I think the difference between the bottom teams and the, and, and the, and the top teams. And Chris just is, mentioned this. We are mentioning it, Chris. It's not as big as, as people will think because teams like Burnley, mm-hmm. I'm watching tonight, and, and Sean Dyche teams fight for their manager. That's right. They've got Sam Allardyce in at West Brom. I'm not sure how, how much of a difference it's going to make. I mean, the owners don't like to spend money. Will that make a difference? We have an owner that has deep pockets that can buy a striker of two, and he's got us playing. And I'm expecting that, to be honest with you. I'd be I shocked can, if we don't. And look at how look, look at the expectations. We went from really sucking against Villa, looking poor against Palace, where 2-1, I think, flattered us, to now where we're going, oh, we should beat Brighton. No, 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 no. You've got to play a game at a time. I think it was a good point against okay. a good side. But Newcastle's a different team, and I have a, a different view. I think we match up well, although we did get a bit of bad news today, which I know we'll touch upon. We definitely have to touch about it. If you're talking about Bobby Decadova reed yes. that's the bad news because yeah. he is a doubt for this match. And it's funny, Giannis, because watching it, I said to myself, oh, no, oh, no, bec- when I saw – him still on the pitch, and he just did not look like the same. He looked like he was potentially injured. And uh, Scott mentions that in his uh, commentary today. I, I actually think I read about it on the tweets from Peter Rutzler that uh, yeah, Rutzler. he's a doubt for the yeah. match. So that's something that uh, 
we're going to have to watch because I think he's been very good for Fulham, and I think not having him against Newcastle United is a loss. But we'll, we'll get to that when we really talk about the match. But I want to talk a little bit more about the last match against Brighton because it's uh, something you and I talked about off air. And uh, listen, we did our full-time show and uh, I thought it was fair to talk about everything, talk about Brighton, but also talk about the tactics from Parker. It's just seemed like that they went out with the same ideas that they did in the last couple matches. And, And listen, I certainly understand that. I guess in the back of my mind, Giannis, I was thinking maybe they would be a little bit more attacking and taking it to Brighton, but uh, maybe there was a reason why he wanted to just play against them. He played against the opponent, similar formations, and they basically just equaled each other out. So I understand why there are fans looking at it and saying, well, why didn't he change things up? There were fans that were clamoring for changes at halftime. Go on Twitter. I can't tell you how many tweets I saw, Yana, saying, bring on Kearney, bring on Mitra. Again, feel free to comment on that. But he stuck to his guns and didn't make the substitutions until later and never brought on Kearney. So what are your thoughts about the fact that there are fans that, you know, and listen, I, I said it myself that, you know, I think it's fair to say why not question the tactics there. But you believe that he came in with the right tactics. Yeah, and, and and to give Scotty credit, he said after the game that we looked a bit flat. And, yes, and I and I and I think that's a very accurate statement of, of of the game. It wasn't an inspiring game. It was a dull game. You know, it was your. It, I mean, it was our first. What was it? Nine years since our last nil nil draw, and it felt very much like a a nil nil. Um, Brighton did well in the second half. They came out of the traps. They got you know the Lallana goal. Um, and obviously, it was was disallowed, but. Um, it, you saw, I almost saw it coming because it, it, we played so well on Sunday. It was such a massive high in front of 2,000 fans. I'm not excusing it, but, but yeah. the, let's not forget it wasn't until Monday that we suddenly, you know, were in London they were informed they were going back into, you know, stage three. And for, you know, I, I mentioned this in the, in the, the pregame uh, against Brighton. You know, when Palace played Tottenham on Saturday, you could hear the 2,000 fans. The, the, our fans made a humongous difference, a massive difference. You could even see a bit of, if you, if you roll back the tape, a, a bit of emotion from Scotty as he was walking across the pitch yeah. before the start. You could feel that energy. The players fed off that energy. And all of a sudden, you get the rug pulled under you because governments can't get their shit in order or whatever it is. People can't do it, whatever it is. Sure. And now you're taking, you've taken the fans away. And for the, and I think, I think that affected form. That really did. I think it affected the players. And it looked like from the start, we looked a little flat. We just weren't flying as much. We, we, the movement off the ball wasn't as fluid. The passing wasn't as crisp. Um, but then if I was to say that, then I'd be discrediting Brighton. I was just about to say, I think yeah. we have to give credit to Brighton the way and they I were will. set up. They were set up to stop us. We were set up to stop them. So yeah. it basically equaled each other out. Yeah, and I, I really like Graham Potter as a coach, and I do like that Brighton side. I, I like the way they play. I like the way they set up. I think they've got good players. And you, when you talk about young managers, and there's all the you know the glory and dory of, you know, I, I'm sick to crap of hearing about Lampard at Chelsea and what have you. As far as I'm concerned, he doesn't. He's not even in the same stratosphere as Potter, because Potter's got um, doesn't have anywhere close to the budget that Lampard has. 
And look what he's tried to do. He's created a, a team that is actually entertaining to watch, that is set up very, very well, that is very difficult to break down. And he actually had the guts to bench his starting goalie. That's telling you something. Absolutely. He, he will make the difficult decisions. I mean, and Scotty's done it as well. Right? I mean, yeah. you know, he's sat Mitra and he's sat Kearney. But um, he deserves a, a lot of uh, credit and Brighton deserve a lot of respect. I had that before the game. And that's why... But that's why this doesn't surprise yeah. you. They're not at all. You're no, getting they're back to yeah, they're a good. They're they're they're, not, they're a good side. I think I think that's a. I think three weeks ago we'd have we'd have we'd have we'd have been ecstatic at getting a point the way they were playing and the way we were playing. It might be seen as two points lost, but you know what? Um, we really should have put Liverpool away on Sunday. We did have chances. Yes, it's not like we didn't. And I think that the fans not being there didn't help. And and the subs thing, well. The, the Scotty's angle's probably going to. I'm going to let the starters go. I'm going to ride that that train as long as I can. I'm not going to do the the Slaven Billich um, against us. Make two subs or whatever it was, three subs at the cottage. Yeah. I'm going to let it ride and see what happens. And I'm going to bring in the subs that I think. And as he said before, we've got a lot of games coming up. He's got to rotate the squad. I'm he expecting just said changes. That. Yes, he did yeah. just say that. And there will be changes at the weekend. But yeah. Overall, I'm. I'm. You know what? It's a game we could have lost. I'll take the point. Uh, people want to moan about it. Like, really? Just just move on. Newcastle, and as you can see now from this division, holy, holy crap. It's crazy. It's crazy. What, what yeah. a great year. It's a great year. It's been brilliant so far. So entertaining. A lot of fun. Very interesting. Like, we're already talking about Giannis and I are actually, it's on my television in front of me while we're recording this. I can see Manchester United losing 1-0 to Sheffield United, which is awesome. Anyways, we'll... Yeah, We'll uh, get into Newcastle United in just a sec, but I just want to just talk about one thing because another theme, you know, in the show last night, and I think you're going to agree with this, that 15 minutes in the second half, let's go back to the beginning of the season. I think Fulham give up maybe two, three goals, Giannis. The fact that they held their defensive shape and were able to withstand that, you know, and again, they did have some luck to go along with it, but to survive that, just shows how far the defense has come, Giannis. You know, again, we can focus on the negatives. Certainly we can do that. But we have to highlight the positives as we look forward, as we look to this team building. You know, it's funny because I I just watched a video of a Newcastle United supporter calling Fulham terrible. And honestly, I don't think he probably has watched much of Fulham. I'll just say that right off the bat. I was actually disappointed to see someone say that. But okay, fine. You think you can beat Fulham and Fulham are terrible? Okay, well, I can tell you this. They're not terrible, and they're only improving, my friend. So let's talk about defensively how far they've come. It's funny because my eldest daughter lives in Newcastle, um, and uh, she's coming. Well, I've not seen her for two years. She's coming home on Monday, and I was talking to her earlier today. She was talking about um, the local media is you know, very upset about the defeat last night at Leeds, and that at least they're going to bounce back pretty easily with a, a win against Fulham. But... Um, the the thing is, we are very well we are very well organised. I mean, you look at the last four games, um, you know, Leicester City, Liverpool, and Brighton. You'd have have your arm chopped off to concede only four, yep. four goals in those four games. So um, we're very very solid right now at the back. We've got a little bit of luck, but then look at the value of having a, a good goalkeeper. Lewis Dunk's header, um, and he's you know, it, those two. 
so those two saves. I mean, the, the value of having Areola there is like a safety blanket for, let's be honest, a, a very young back four. Yep. Let's a, a very, very, in fact, they might be the youngest back four in the Premier League. I'll have to check on this. So, relatively inexperienced. Robinson had never played a Premier League game before. The well, actually, well, the only one who had a to- was Tosin. That's and he's right. 20, and he's 21. So, Newcastle, but Newcastle just, uh, they're full of rubbish anyway. I mean, they, 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 they couldn't, um, the stick that they gave to Steve Bruce up there. And, and, and to me, oh, I heard it again today. Oh, awful. I heard it again today. Awful. And... awful. <laughs> because, because Steve, and, and, it, and it's really only, it boils down to Steve Bruce is a very good coach, but it boils down to the fact that he's a Sunderland supporter. It's all about the bias. And, I know. and, and you know what? And look, he's had to put up with Mike Schmuck Ashley. <laughs> we could do a show on him, and, and we're and we're Fulham supporters. We could definitely yeah. do a show. I mean, if you want something to complain about ownership of of any other club except for Newcastle, you know, go ahead because because name any other club. No one has as worse ownership as Newcastle. Newcastle is oh, probably the bottom. The bottom. You, you could talk about any other club. No oh. one is as worse as Newcastle United. They are terrible oh. with Ashley. He is horrific, and he is. He, 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 um, I mean, over here in North America, we laugh at owners, you and I, Jerry Jones, at the Dallas Doughboys. But, but I would rather have 10 Jerry Jones than this. Oh, big time. Yeah. (laughs) And you know what? To be fair to Newcastle, St. James's Park, 52,000 fans that can get in there. They are the, I'm going to get, I'd get pushback, but the the, the fans in the Northeast are, I think, the most fanatical in England. You've said that. You've said that. I mean, they, if if this was at the cottage, if it was a go home game at the cottage, the away end would. Well, I have a huge respect the for the Newcastle oh. United supporters. I totally yes. huge, but they just I think they're a little delusional, and a lot of it is because who did Steve Bruce re- replace? Rafa Benitez. You know, I mean, it's it, it's yeah. a tough act to follow. Yeah, of course, of and course. I think their their whole you know they they were upset about last night. They believe they're going to get three points. Yep, um, but. Um, Newcastle are one of those teams that on their day that can do the dirty on someone and then there are t- games where you just go, oh my God. Because you look at people like Joe Linton who doesn't look like he could score a barn door that's as wide as, wide as Staten. You know, and then, you know, their back four's not great. Uh, midfield's okay. They're sort of an itsy-bitsy kind of bits and pieces kind of team. But they've managed to get results. They manage, yeah. do manage to get results. And they Bruce do. They do. They they absolutely do, Giannis. And listen, one of the things I, I want to mention, because I did watch a YouTube video before we came on to the show from the Tune Review, and I want to give Paul, I believe he's the host of the Tune Review, some credit because he gave Fulham credit. He absolutely did. So kudos to you for looking at Fulham and, and giving us credit going into this match, and he knows that it's going to be a tough match for Newcastle United. He did take a lot of shots at Steve Bruce, but – He's probably not the only one, my friend. But listen, let's get back to this because I want to actually just share some comments because we've actually had more than a few talk about the defense. And here are some good points, and I shared this earlier. A draw Mm -hmm. after that game was good in the end. Two months ago, we could have lost 4-0. I completely agree with that. And this is from Dan Mason. Yep, we're looking solid and improving. This is my friend Chris Davidson. The defense now is awesome. Tete and Congo Congo also waiting in the wings. Great point from Chris. So it's come leaps and bounds, and that is good for us moving forward. I've always said this, Giannis. 
building the squad, you, I think it's oh, I think it's good to build from the back and, and go forward. Well, we're building it from the back, and Scott's, uh, you know, again, he, I think it takes on his personality. He's conservative in nature, but he's defensive. But I'm not saying that in a negative way. He's building us up, and now eventually he wants us now to be brave. Well, now we have to be brave. Now we have to be better going forward. But I think we got the defense down pretty well right now, my friend. Would you agree with me? Yeah, and I think we could lose use the blueprint from the Leicester game where we yeah. defended very tight, and then we we absolutely burned them on the break. Yeah, and we can we can we can certainly do that. They they um you know, and it's funny to put Congola and um. Tete, because Tete, Tete. Tete, when Tete comes back, um, he'll be great in terms of the ability to to get the crosses in for Mitro if, if Mitro's playing. I don't know how Congolo gets in this lineup though. I really I, don't know. I don't Billy, know either. I mean, unless Billy Billy has Billy has a bit of influenza and they need someone to fill the mascot, maybe Terence <laughs> can get in there. It's going to be jokes aside. It's going to be very very difficult because Tosin, you could see that development. Um, you know the progression there and Anderson and, and this is where he actually um Scott is sort of painted himself in a corner here because, he has I know we will talk about this yeah. because when we talk about the starting 11 what happens when he plays Kearney and Anderson together who's the captain is that where you're going yeah and I, to me it has to be Anderson because um he is because the first thing you look at is okay who's first on 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 the game sheet which one of the two well we now know yeah. who it is and Anderson has been quietly vocal with his team. And he's, he's you know, you could see Tosin is learning off him. And even last night, you could see, you know, talking to both fullbacks constantly. I think um, Kenny's a team, man. I don't, I don't anticipate any um, pushback. I, I feel a little sorry for him because he was playing very well. Yep. But... That's one thing that I've not heard mentioned is, is did something else happen in the background that necessitated Scotty to sit him? We don't, don't know. know. That's a good question. I've not heard anything. You know, no, so, we haven't. It's so that we don't know. That yeah. we don't know. We don't know if it's all tactical or not. I, you know, again, it's tough to assume. I would assume, but you know, you never know. That's a good point there, Giannis. Very good point by you. We we just don't know on that. But what's interesting, and again, when we talk about the starting eleven, and I definitely want to get your thoughts on Tete. Could he be ready to go? Because what's interesting about this, when Parker uses the formation that he's been using now, you know, Ain is part of that back three, those three center backs. So if Bobby isn't able to go, maybe Kenny Tete can go. Or just just a thought yeah. I actually saw someone yeah. message about that as well. Because again, I hopefully he is almost ready to go because now they're going to be options. Options for Parker because having Tete back, I yeah. think, is, is going to be huge for Fulham. I, it, because I, I, I think it also will give Parker some some situations to put him in and to move the pieces around the chessboard. Because you know, again, we'll talk about in a little bit the situation with Bobby Decadovery. But when he's healthy, right, Giannis, you could potentially have uh, Kenny Tete as your right wing back and play Bobby further up the pitch. Yeah, just an option. Mm-hmm. So yeah, again, these are these are the good problems to have, my friend. Mm-hmm. When he when he plays this formation, if he continues to play with this formation, he might be changing formations. This is again the flexibility with the team we have that now Parker has options. He has options to change the formation as he wants, to play different players, rotate as he wants. 
that's what's now going in the right direction. You know, it's funny because I've always been one while go with like the Roy Hodgson. This is my starting 11. But with so many matches, Giannis, it's okay to have a rotation, to have other players be involved. And I understand why Roy did that, especially in some of our best seasons. But I think this team has a lot of talent. I think it's okay to rotate the squad when you need to. And also to play against the opponent. Certain players would match up better against certain opponents. All right. Good stuff there, my friend. All right. Let's get into talking a little bit about Newcastle. Just give me your opening thoughts on them. And, uh, you know, it's it, they're coming off of a not-so-great match for themselves. So what are your thoughts about Newcastle so far this season? Well, they, con- they, they conceded five to Leeds, but they won't be the last. Uh, I mean, Leeds... <laughs> Leeds, Leeds are funny because it, it's really it's kamikaze for them. It's all or nothing. Oh, they it is all it. or nothing. You're totally right about that. I mean, and and they are they are fun to watch. I mean, it's I don't think there's any any two ways about it. Um, and look, the, there's some of their results. I mean, they they won down at Sellers Park. I think it was two nothing um, several weeks back. Um, I thought they were unlucky against Chelsea. Um, Beat Everton 2-1, but then lost down at um, St. Mary's. It's a team that can create chances, not so well-structured at the back. You never really know what you're going to get. But I think a side plot to this is that the last time we played them was the last game of the season we got relegated two years ago, and we lost 4 nothing at home to them. That was terrible. Yes, it was. And Scotty Parker will remember that. That's, that's um, Any coach, any manager will tell you they usually – will remember scores and instances and, and they've got a habit of dredging it up 10 years later. And I'm sure Scotty will say, look, uh, last time we played these little buggers were down at the cottage and they embarrassed us. We were already relegated. Um, and But he'll also remind them that, you know, Brighton, we didn't play as well as we could, but we got a, a clean sheet. We only conceded against Liverpool because of a penalty that some would say is questionable. That's when we right. went to City, one of the pen, one of the goals was a penalty that probably shouldn't have been given because it was a dive. Um, and the goal we conceded against Leicester up at King Power by Harvey Barnes was a was a super super strike. So defensively, we were very good. And if and if the fact of the matter is, if you let's look at a Sean Dyche, yep, with Burnley, part of his philosophy has to be: look what I've got. I've got Chris Wood and Mate Vidra up front. So. The only chance I've got of nicking anything is keeping it tight at the back. He's figuring if we keep it tight, we're in every single game that we play. Oh, he's right about that. He's, he's right, right about that, absolutely. And, you know, it's defence first. It's not an accident they beat Arsenal. Arsenal are really struggling. Burnley were really full value. Tonight, they should have got absolutely slaughtered by Villa. Enough chances. But Burnley are a resilient team and they're reflective of their coach. And the thing that I've liked about our development as a team is we've built resilience. Many a time, last night's game could have gone south, but we gutted it. We stuck at it. We we were struggling. We found a way to get something out of it. That's right. And that's a piece of resilience, and it's something that adds to the the piece of the puzzle. You're going to have games like Sunday where you should have won and you didn't. You get games like last night where you could and maybe should have lost, but you didn't. And that all adds to the experience. And that's why, yes, it's half glass empty, half glass full. Sure. But you've got to take those. Newcastle, as I said, you know, they're, they're going to, you know, they'll present their own little set of problems. But I think I think we I think we have enough in terms of the armory and with the potential um, 
with the potential changes we can make to the lineup on Saturday to to give a good account of ourselves. And I, I said to you before the Brighton game, I think I think we're going to go up there um, and get at least a point and, and maybe even three. Okay. I'm here to tell you I think we're going to win this match, but I'll give my prediction in a little bit. I'm actually feeling pretty good. I've watched a decent amount of Newcastle United. I think Fulham can take this team. And going back to your point on Burnley, I have a lot of respect for Burnley. Giannis, you and I were talking mm-hmm. about this off yeah. air. I like the way that they built their team with Sean Dyche. Sean Dyche has done a fantastic job. They are defense for us. Well, Fulham under Parker really are defense for us, but here's the difference. The upside with Fulham, I think, is much greater than with Burnley. Burnley know who they are. Burnley are going to struggle to score goals, and they will keep it tight, and they will get results, and they will probably be in it to the end. I think Fulham have a chance with recruitment to actually be much better going forward. I think they're working on the defense. I think the defense is on its way. You started there. Well, now you work on what you're lacking, and that's going forward. You get Mm -hmm. that right. And I think Fulham are going to be in decent shape with a great opportunity to stay in this league. And honestly, like I said, much respect for Burnley. I think Fulham have much bigger upside than Burnley do. But the players and, of course, Tony Khan have to prove me right on that because you have to get the recruitment right. They need another striker. I think we're all in agreement on that. They need more firepower. They need a different type of striker to Mitro. I fully believe that they do. And if they can get that done in the transfer window, and I think that, to me, is one of the missing pieces. There are probably going to be other things that they need. The number one thing is they need a striker. Anyways, I, I went off on a whole thing on uh, on what Fulham need, and we could do three oh. shows on, on that, and we, we will. We'll, we'll talk about that. But I think it's obvious that Fulham's defense is getting to where it needs to be. Now you just need to get it going, moving forward, and they're lacking at that. There, there's no question about that. Okay, my mm-hmm. friend. Let's now talk about this a little bit more. Let's talk about Bruce. I want to get your thoughts on Steve Bruce. Um, I was going to do a really cheap impersonation of Willie Newell. Um, he, I mean, I remember Steve Bruce as a player. And um, in all the years of United were winning, you know, trophy, you know, Premier Leagues, he was, he was in the early stages of that and he was, a very, very fine centre-back, not the quickest, but really read the game well. And you see a lot of that in his management. I think he's um, he gets his team set up well. They're very well organised defensively. That's why I'll be very angry about last night. And you could tend to, in the, in the post-match, you know, um, yep. he, he felt that they really set themselves, that they shot themselves in the foot because they started committing men forward thinking they were going to get a winner. You can't do that against Leeds. They will burn you badly. And they did, that, and they did. Uh, he, I think, I think he's a better manager than people give him credit for. I feel sorry for him in the sense he's got to put up with a Newcastle crowd who often are never satisfied. And and the problem is they, a lot of them go back to the days of uh, dare I say it, Alan Shearer. Yeah, you know, and the day, yeah, and that kind of thing, and and you know, um, even going back way back to the days of you know Malcolm McDonald and the great strikers and the you know, the teams that could upset the big guns and what have you. The problem is you've got a, you've got a chicken head of, a, of an owner who doesn't give a bollocks. So he's a penny-pinching pitching little bugger. So so what is Bruce, you know, he, they've made a couple of, you know, like 
I said to you before the show, Joe Linton has been, yep. a, has been a disaster. Almiron is a decent player. Dwight Gale is the classic yo-yo. <laughs> it, um, How many times good, have we been linked to Dwight Gale? Dwight Gale, too good for the championship, not good enough for the Premier League. <laughs> but then he scored a goal uh, against, uh, oh, what was the, the winning goal header last week? Oh, I'm having a senior moment. I was say, he just scored a goal. I remember seeing it. Fantastic header. And, but with what he's got, with what Bruce has got, I think he's done a good job. Okay. But he had to come in after Rafa. And the fans loved Rafa, right? Yeah. So um, I think so often, to fall. Yeah, Newcastle fans, I think, are sometimes delusions are grander thinking because they will talk about themselves being a big club because they've got a big stadium. Yep. But they're not. Um, they're not. And they they just they don't have the spending fire. Well, no, no, no. No, maybe not. They maybe have the spending firepower, but they've got an owner that thinks it'll cost you 10 bucks to buy a Ferrari. And as soon as, as long as you've got an owner that doesn't, it's all about the money, 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 and not reinvesting back into the, into, into the, uh, the club is what you get. But overall, yep. I do like Steve Bruce as a manager. Okay. Okay. Very good. By the way, Giannis, as we've been talking, unfortunately, Manchester United are now up two to one, which is not making me happy, but okay. <laughs> Had to mention that. Okay. Coming up next, Giannis and I, get you ready for this upcoming match with Newcastle United. We start breaking it down. Okay, Giannis, let's start here. We've just started talking about thoughts on Steve Bruce, your thoughts on Steve Bruce. So I'm going to ask you this. I know how you feel about Parker. You've already made it known about your thoughts about Steve Bruce. Who has the coaching advantage? Steve Bruce does. Okay. Uh, yeah, Steve Bruce does because he's he's been a lot longer in the job. And uh, I know there was a lot of criticism leveled to Scotty last night, but you've got to understand he's still relatively new in the job. You know, we, we can, uh, there are a trillion armchair quarterbacks. <laughs> we talk about this. Yeah, of course. Well, that's what we do. Um, he's reading the game from game level and he's making the assessments based on game level. And with, don't forget the contributions and the inputs from the coaching staff. This isn't, isn't just a one man show. Of course. You know, he can it's, a staff. it's a staff. And he does consult his staff, and uh, yep. you know he's not always going to get it right. Um, but the last four games have shown us that it is right. People are going to moan about Tom Kearney not being in there, Mitra not starting. I'm still not convinced that Mitra is fit. The Kearney thing, we're really not sure. Yeah. But I mean, how many of the players? The only player that I think any level of criticism has been leveled against in the last four games has been Loftus Cheek. Now, if I was to level any criticism of him um, personally, it's that a person who's so big is so poor in the air. He really is. That's a good point. Very poor, very poor in the air. I, I don't understand that. I don't think he's been that bad, but I don't think. But I understand the clamour to get Kenny back. Yes, in. of course, I understand it too because he but, hasn't been living up to the billing. We expected right. a certain player from Ruben Loftus Cheek, and he certainly hasn't been that. Yeah, and he's shot. And look, he's he's um he's shot of confidence. But let's you know things happen for a reason. La- last year, the run in, um, the run in at the end of the season. Who would have ever have thought that Naiskins could oh, You go back to that. That's right. Ballet, right. And Bobby Dacre Doverud, and I've been I have been one of his biggest fans from the, from day one because you see the value of what he does in terms of work rate, and he he I mean he. He's, he can he does score goals, but he creates chances and he causes 
trouble with his pace and his skill, but he's also a team player because of his ability to track back and cover. And, and I think and he's really, really high on him. Um, you know, Bruce has been around the block. He's seen it all. He's done that. I'm hoping that Newcastle come on the field and go, oh, my God, it's a giant bunch of yellow penguins. <laughs> Who are this lot? I, I've never seen them before. And maybe get spooked by that and uh, maybe feel a bit down about getting spanked by Leeds and um, and uh, not have such a good a good, good um, day. But Bruce, Bruce's um, look... Um, I take Bruce over Lampard. Okay. Well, I, I I know how you feel about him. So. Because you can it's, it, look look it's it's if you're in a top top club and you've got a, a multi gazillionaire owner, it's easy to look good and have some success because you've got all the money to buy the best players. Yep. It's when you have, um, I'm going to use uh, Gerhard Struber at Barnsley last year, and the miracle to keep them up, Ralph Hasenhutl. Yeah. A year ago, nine nothing at home to Leicester City. I mean, really. Now that is coaching. That is absolute coaching. Uh, what he has done down at St Mary's is phenomenal, and that is what the, the art is about. So you know, um, Bruce has got what he's got, um, and Scott is going to get there, and he's going to coach at bigger clubs than us, whether we like it or not. But he's cutting his yeah. teeth with us. And he says the right things, and the players play for him, yep. and they put in a good shift. And even when they're struggling, they try and gut it out, and that's what happened last night. So Bruce, for me, gets the edge, but again, it, it, it's fairly early on in in uh, Scotty's coaching career. Right, right. He just he has more experience. I, I get where you're going on that. Okay, yeah. So let's focus a little bit on Newcastle. I wrote it here as key players for Newcastle United against Fulham, meaning that what players concern you from a Fulham perspective on Newcastle United? Well, I'm looking at the lineup for the Leeds game, and and that will give us, I think, a little bit of an indicator for what might happen Saturday in the players that will play. Shelby, John Joe Shelby, was on the bench and didn't come That's off. right. He did not play. I, I think he's going to be back in there. To be I honest. think he's going to be back in there. Dwight Gale came on for Joe Linton. Imagine he should have come on for the, in the first minute. Joe Linton can't do a bloody thing. But uh, Dwight Gale came on uh, with 15 minutes to go. Um, is he going to Is he going to play? Not. I mean, he could start. Almiron came on with 14 minutes to yep. go for Fraser. So then there's a there's a decent chance you could have Gale, Almiron, and Shelby. Uh, yep, Jordan that's what there. I think. Is I think they're going to be all be involved. Yes. And um, now, depending on how they want to play it, is there a chance of bringing, you know, Andy Carroll was on the bench last night. Do they, do they start him? Do they, do they, do they mix and match? They've got, they've got threats in certain areas. Um, I think where we can hurt them is if we keep, if we just, we just got to keep our shape and try and get them on the break. Cause I don't think they're very quick at the back at all. I'm not so sure about Darlow as a keeper either. Um, but they do, they do have some threats. Shelby, uh, not playing Shelby on against Leeds was a curious decision, um, and I'm wondering if he was carrying a knock. And okay. sometimes you can you do coaches, and this is where Steve Bruce I'm sure, is smart, where he'll know that maybe Carol, you know, sorry, um, Shelby's at a certain level of fitness, and he can't start, and he might bring him on, but he might bring him on in an emergency, but it won't be to the expense of future games and a busy Christmas schedule. I mean, it's. It's and that's and hey, that's what Graham Potter did. That's yep. what Potter did up at King Power, and then uh, he saved the players. And then they guess what? 
They showed up last night. So um, they've, got, they've got weapons, but I think if we keep it tight, we can cause them more trouble on, on the break, as, as Leeds did last night. See, Leeds. I totally agree with that. I, I think they showed a little bit of a blueprint for Fulham. Yes. That uh, if you are tight, you know, and again, it's not – I don't think it's going to be expansive football against no, Newcastle no. United, but no. I think it could be interesting to see how, how quickly Fulham can break on this team. We've already witnessed it, like you said, and I watched that Leeds match, and I'm like, oh, boy, I, Fulham can do some of this. They can actually break like that. They have some of the pace that can break like that. So I think yep. there are going to be opportunities, Giannis, because mm-hmm. I think they're going to be desperate – to get all three points, I think they're going to want to show everyone the type of club they are, and they're going to want to come out firing. I, I truly believe that. And I think that might play in the hands of Fulham because I think Fulham can really beat a team on the counter. You know, so I I, I wouldn't be shocked if that's what we see. So I, I kind of like where you're going on that. Okay. All right. All right, my friend. Let's just jump to it. Give me your three keys to victory. What does Fulham need to do to get all three points? I'm predicting a victory, so what do they need to do? Um, keep it tight first 15-20. That'll be my first one. Um, second, make changes with the lineup to ensure that um, we've got fresh legs with the Christmas campaign. And, and to be fair to Scott, he did say last night that, you know, they had to assess the amount of mileage from that last, you know, two very tough games in 72 hours. So, you know, freshening up the squad. And I don't mean wholesale changes, but, you know, two or three changes maybe. And and the third one is to be patient. And I think that's what we're going to need to be because against Leicester City, we we, we did a number of them in terms of the counter-attack. But um, Leicester, for me, are more dangerous. I mean, Vardy, Jamie Vardy, as an example, is, is just such a, an incredible striker because of his ability to think outside the box uh, and move into pockets. He's just he's just a one. If you ever get the just watch what he does off the ball. It's not what he does on the but off the ball. He's just, we completely nullified him. Yeah, just think oh, about we did. That. Yeah, we did. We, we did, and he wasn't. I think we did a very good job on him, but he wasn't. He wasn't at his best. Even his first touch eluded him a couple of times, and because he he just needs a half chance, and he'll bury you every time. Um, Newcastle don't really have that threat, but we have to stay patient and we have to trust the process. And that goes back to last night. If we're going to have a game where we're going to struggle a little bit, let's people can't get antsy about we can't score and there's no plan B. Trust the process. It's part of learning. And, you know, we pick up points here, we pick up points there, we get the odd wins, da-da-da-da-da. We're a third of the way through the season. There's a long way to go. And I think it's going to be a good test for us on Saturday in terms of being patient, trusting that process. Keep tight. As long as we're not chasing the game, we're always in with a shout because we have the, the pace to exploit on the break, If and, and depending if we get that, that lineup right. Look at the West Ham match. I know it didn't go our way, Giannis, but <laughs> no, look at how we played against them. And again, I, I look at you know I look at teams like them, and I don't see any different with Newcastle. I don't think Newcastle is as good as West Ham. And, and we should have gotten something from West Ham. They should not fear going to St. James's Park. Listen, they won there. You know, I know it was in the championship, but I'll never forget that. And uh, there is some precedent there. But, sure. okay, so um, let's move on. And uh, what formation would you use? Would you go with what he's been going with? Do you expect him to still to stick with what he's been doing lately? You know, again, we've gone away from the technical – Parker ball with the four three three to the three at the back. So, what are your thoughts here? 
Yeah, you know, it, it's um, if 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 the formation is working, stick with it. I think he'll do that. I think um, I think it's and part of it is the coaching. Well, you want to as a player if you're playing for a coach and, and there's the chopping and changing of formation. Sometimes it can creep in. You know, the uncertainty does that. You know, does does Scott A really have the faith in his own formations? He's tinkering with it. Is it? You know, and it can make players nervous. They're professionals, but it can make them nervous. So I think what he'll do is he'll say, okay, we, Sunday was evidence of where it's at. It's absolutely tip-top without the finishing. And last night is evidence where if we're a little bit below par, it can be a little problematic. He'll stick with the same 3-4-3. I have no doubt. I, I, okay. I, uh, where he'll make the changes will be to, you know, to freshen up legs and look and give Newcastle a different look, different look. Uh, and a different look and see and, and you know and, and play a little bit of cat, cat and mouse you know if Shelby comes in if Almiron starts if Joe Linton is benched if Gale starts if Carroll some some point plays a part that's gonna that's I mean you don't know before the lineup but I think it's reasonable we can sit here and reasonably tell you in terms of how they're going to set up into the strike force Providing there are no injuries, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think there is. I don't per se. Shelby was stars. Shelby was stars. So yep. he's he's their he's their catalyst in the centre of the park. So um, we sort of know what they're gonna they're gonna bring, and and we'll set ourselves up accordingly. Okay. And what's interesting about Newcastle United in their last match, they had a different formation. They played three at the back, but before that, they played four four two. So it'll be interesting to see. What Steve Bruce does, I wouldn't be shocked if he went four four two there at home. So I, I I would kind of expect that. So it'll be interesting to see how Parker plays that. All right, Giannis, let's now go to starting eleven. Now is the time we can really talk about the situation with Bobby Decadovery because I think this is a conundrum. This is a situation because Bobby Decadovery has played very well. I noticed during the match, I, I could tell he that it was more than just a knock that that he was injured and hopefully it's not more than than just you know again injured or should I just say he you know or was it a knock I, I don't know maybe I shouldn't say injured was it just he just couldn't continue or is it more long term than that I don't think we know I don't think we know how how long term or short term this is because I believe Parker said they're going to assess it tomorrow so this is concerning because I think uh, he's been very influential to what Fulmer doing right now. So if he can't go, and I'm going to just say this because we don't know about this part either. Maybe Kenny Tete can play. Maybe, maybe he can play Giannis. So, again, I'm, I'm throwing it out there. We don't know if he's ready to play for 90 minutes yet, but I'm hoping that Kenny Tete is available. And, but I'm also hoping that Bobby Decadova-Reed is available too. But there are some situations that are, are going to come up when we talk about the starting 11 and, and decisions that Parker has to make. So I'm going to put you in the shoes of Scott Parker, starting 11. Give it to me. I think uh, you leave, I think you leave the back the back line as it is. Um, they, 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 they've, they've done super. I think a lot of it may have to do with Cavallero here. Because okay. if Cavallero's legs or up for it. One of the options could be you swing him back, you swing him to, to the right hand side wing, bring Mitro into the middle, and that would cover Dekodori. And and let's not mistake, Dekodori really would be a big loss. He has yes. played super. 
But Caballero has shown enough in the recent games that he can stick to a plan and go get outside the box and play for the team by doing this, the little things. So Scotty may, I think he may gravitate and bring Ivan out wide to the right, bring, bring Mitra in, keep Lookman on the left. Okay. Which would mean the midfield is where, so the first force change, if Dekha Doverid is injured, will be, and I, and I believe for him, by him saying it, he won't be available. Okay. So Dekha Doverid out, Mitra in, Caviero switches right. In the middle, I think that, and I think I there's a big decision here too. That's a big decision. I don't. Think well, there, there might be a couple decisions here. Of yeah, the I don't. Three. I don't think Reed's going to. I don't think Harrison Reed's going to start. Okay. Um, I, I Angisa, of course, is a given. This um, is a, a Lamina game. This this could this could be. Um, I, I can see it. I, I can see um, uh, Angisa, uh, Lamina, and. Um, Tom Kearney. I think Kearney okay. plays Kearney plays. Yeah, I think Kearney plays too. Yeah, and, I think and I plays. would play Kearney. Yeah, this is the game for him. And those are the two changes I'd make. I'd bring I'd bring okay. Mitro and Kearney in. And so um, who plays right wing back? I think that's gonna be the question. Uh, I, I think I, I well, I, I think it's gotta be Aina. Unless unless you've got unless Well, it's got the one thing we don't know. And, and these managers are really good at doing it. Is they, you know, they they won't give us all the goods. Yep. I mean, before they know somebody's got a dead leg or, or what have you. Um, Tete, I don't think will be ready. Okay. I, I just I got a feeling he won't. And um, I know he got some game time last week for the under twenty threes. Um, I'm going to guess he's going to play it safe here, and maybe you give Tete a, a spot on the bench. Um. The other, the other thing that sort of concerns me a little bit is Boo Boo, because the other thing, the option would be to put Boo Boo wide on the right, but I, I can't trust him. No, I, I, I defensive work. That. No, yeah. and that's where Deco Deva Reed really comes in. So they right. got to have someone, that, and I just think that Cavalier's, um confidence now should be pretty good. Okay, he'll, he'll, he'll do a job. It's going to look like a very functional eleven, where Mitro. Is really going to be relied on to yep. hold the ball up and invite and and you know Mitro's up for this game. Yep. Newcastle for crying out loud, he's pissed. Doesn't like him anyway. And Kearney's going to have a be up as you know what because he's right. going to be ready to to prove a point. And um, as long as that that back line and, and Ariola stay constant, that's the thing, right? I mean, if game in game out, you put him out there. Congola could be a hundred by the time he starts for us. <laughs> okay, which is fine. Because but Giannis, we still we still have this issue. I know what we're going to do at left wing back. It's going to be Anthony Robinson. You already said you believe that the three are going to stay the same. Mm-hmm. So what do you do here if Bobby Decadova Reed can't go? Dare I say, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, Dennis Adoy. I'm not sure about that. I'm not. I'm not know, saying yeah, I would want not- Dennis Adoy. I'm just trying to think of how he would play this. That's. I'm just trying to think of what the options are at this point. I'm not because, sure because I I don't think Tete's ready. If Tete's not ready, then what do you do? You have a conundrum unless you want to change the back three. But then, who do you put in? Do you bring Tim Ream back? I mean, I don't think you do that. So that's why the whole Bobby Decadover Reed situation is uh, 
a little uh, worrisome because I think it affects the a lot of different pieces here. I, I think it, it it really becomes like a, you know a domino effect. Giannis, if he can't play, I think it affects a lot of different positions. I agree, and it actually it actually um, it points to the lack of variation we have in the squad. We really don't have, you know, players can talk about, no, sorry, fans can talk about plan B and plan C, yep. but you have to have the tools. And, and we're not, if you look at the bench, look at the bench right now and you just, and you say, oh, we're not very deep. We yep. really, you know, we, we don't, we, we're short on strikers. We know that. And we just don't have the depth of other squads. So sure. in the transfer window, we're talking about another striker, but we also need, we also need more depth, clearly. Right. Um, well, I, there was one point, I think there was one game that Loftus-Cheek played out wide. Um, depend Again, it, de- it depends. I mean, Scotty does like him, and he's, 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 tr- he's willing to give him a chance. Yep. I think it's a risky game to do it. But the answer to this is, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not I'm, sure. I, I'm not because it's going to depend. I mean, Dick Adeverdi is. You're right. He's going to be the domino effect. I think it. You know, again, when you look at it, and and I'm going to share this from our friend Chris Davidson. Could they be forced to play a, a back four because of the situation? Very possible. It's very possible. Yeah, it Chris is very, could very possible. Be right on here because again, if they don't have the players, they might have to revert back to playing a back four. Even though the three at the back have been effective, they might be forced to. Yeah, and that and that's um, and that would be a shame. But if if but but if, if we look at this literally, if on the basis of losing one player, just one, you have to yeah, check just one. We're just talking about one player. That that tells you everything you need to know about where the squad is right now. Not in terms of the way they're playing and their commitment. No, you're talking of, about the depth. The depth. And that is where we have got because one player shouldn't be causing this huge domino effect. That's right. Now, if, if for example, if I look at let's if let's look back at that Newcastle lineup against Leeds, if I'm looking at their bench, and I'm saying, oh crap, so they've got Gale, Almiron, and C- Carroll and Shelby on the bench. That's four plus you got Richie in there as well. Yeah, you're going. Oh, that's a deep. That's a hey. That's a bit of a tasty bench, and that's what we we don't have that. And it's it's worked out well because I think Scotty and his staff have done a super job yep. of working with the players he's got. But I'm sure he's been on the phone to Tony Khan and say, "Look, you've seen how well we've played. You see how well we've done in the you know on the training field. But if we start getting injuries, we're up doo-doo street because oh, we've got. I mean, we don't we don't have players to replace, and we and so I, I want us to do our business in the transfer window early." Yeah, there is still yes, there's still a free agent striker out there, Daniel Sturridge. <laughs> Dare I say it? Still has been picked up by a club, um, or uh, because Tony Khan also said, "Well, if I'm going to buy a striker uh, in the January window, you know it's going to be expensive." Yep. Um, what are you going to do to, you know, how much are you how much are you willing to spend to get a striker in at the January window? An interesting one. I t- I'm gonna I'm gonna enrage some people here. This is a part of a conversation that my wife and I had earlier, and we were talking about our little friends down in the Lego Stadium, <laughs> grandfather. But I'm gonna give them credit for something here. Okay, their, abil- their ability to develop strikers. Oh, they absolutely can. Yes, yes. I mean, you know, you look at uh, the Mope, Ben Rama, Watkins. 
It hasn't gone without notice what Ivan Tony's been doing there this year. Ivan Tony has scored 18 goals. He came from Peterborough United. Yeah. During this transfer thing, he said, I want to play for a Premier League club. I think I'm good enough. And then people are going, but you've played for Peterborough. If you've watched him play, if fans out there have watched him play this year for them, he is a Premier League striker. He is. He hey, I'm is not against striker. any option. I don't care where they play. I, I'm but, not against that, my friend. But the I'm, problem will be if you yeah. try and get him off them, you will have you will have to because You'll pay dearly. You will pay dearly because number one, Brentford are going to be in the hunt to get promoted. And number two, Dude, there's, there's no way they want want a, a player to go to form. There's no but, way. But money talks. Yeah. And Khan could Khan could turn around at someone like Tony, you know, yeah. them and say, We'll put twenty five to thirty million on the ball. What do you want? And and you know yep. what? Brentford will nibble. They're in a new stadium. Yep. They've got no fans. They never did anyway, but they've got no fans. <gasps> and you know, these are this is a pandemic time where, yep. where clubs are losing money. And even though they've just bought him, and even though he's successful, yep. Brentford always have a habit of selling. He's a player I've watched this year, and I've been really, really impressed with him. He's a good, good striker. And it's to get someone like him to help us past January is going to take money. Mr. Khan, if you're watching, I hope you are. If you're watching, get the money out. Yes, okay. spend money and lots of it too, because I think I think to get the striker that we want, um, we're going to need to um, we're going to need to spend. Okay, sure. one last comment again from my friend Chris Davidson in Spain. We have other centre backs in the squad: Reem, Lemachan, and Congo not fit. Plus, Adoy has played centre back, so that's a good point from Chris. If he wanted to stick with three of the back, he could play Adoy in that position and then move. Uh, Ana to right wing back, so that's an option too. It's just it's an interesting conundrum, you know. And again, this all starts with us talking about one player and the domino effect that goes along with Bobby Decadovery potentially not being available. And it's crazy that we're talking like that, but he's been that effective. And that's why when I saw him in the last match, I was like, "This is not." I said to myself, "This is not good," because I thought, "What are they going to do without Bobby Decadovery?" I said that to myself. And now we're talking about it now. Okay. My friend, let's wrap up this show. Let's get your prediction for the match. I know my prediction. What's your prediction? We're going to beat them 500 nothing. Um, <laughs> What's your I prediction think, here? I think we're going to beat them. I, I think we're going to beat them one, one nothing. Okay. I think, I, th- I think we're going to, I think we're going to nick it. Uh, I, I uh, you know, as I said, it's a progressive thing. I wasn't disappointed with last night's result. I thought, you know, we were a little, we looked un, a little bit under the weather, but we played a good Brighton side that I've got an enormous amount of credit for. We've got a difficult program coming up and a tasty one too. We've got Tottenham and Southampton on the horizon. Yes, and they won't fancy playing us because no. we. In fact, I'm more worried about Southampton to be honest because they're, they're scary. But if, if we're set up the right way, I think. We should we we should be okay, um, but let's see what they put up in the line. Let's see if they bring let's see if they bring the the big guns in, and and that might be good for us because that might really fire up our lads. Say, oh really? Okay, all right, okay. You all right? You bring the big guns in, we'll we'll shut you up um, because defensively, right now we're organised enough that we're going to give away a few chances, and uh, I, I really fancy our chances to win. I'm going to say one nothing. 
Okay, very good. All right, I'm going to share some predictions and keep them coming. This is from my my friend uh, who's a Patriots fan, Fulham to win 2-0. Thank you very much there, my friend. This is from Brian Lake, Fulham 2-1. There's another prediction. Predicting a draw, 1-1, I can see that as well. And then my friend Chris Davidson, he is predicting a Fulham victory as well. And, uh, you know, again, thank you, everyone, for your predictions. I'm going to share my prediction. And uh, Chris Davidson, I know you're listening, so I'm not going to go with my traditional 3-1. to one. I'm actually going to go for a clean sheet. I'm going to say Fulham are going to win 2-0. I'm going 2-0, Giannis. 2-0. Oh. I'm going 2-0. Wouldn't that be nice? I'm going 2-0. And, uh, you know, again, nothing against Newcastle United. I just think that um, potentially they might take us a little lightly. You know, they might be. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you know, after – Watching some of their supporters, I'm thinking, hmm, the attitude might be there. Well, Fulham are just not that good, so we should be able to win. Well, if you're going with that attitude, you know, if their players start listening to that, that might be good for us because I I don't think that they should be taking Fulham lightly. Like I said, good for this uh, tune review because that's what he said. He said he wouldn't take Fulham lightly, and I want to give, I believe his name is Paul, some credit there. but. I'm going 2-0 to Fulham. So that's my, pred- <laughs> that's my prediction. I'd like that. To be honest, we went a full hour here, man. That, this is uh, a, a good talk, and uh, and it was really good. And uh, to be honest with you, and I'll just share this at the very end of the show, I did try to get someone on to talk to us that is a Newcastle United supporter. I actually had a few. We just couldn't get the timing to work. So I just thought, you know what? Me and Giannis can do it by ourselves. And we did, and, we, and, uh, and it was a fun show. But let's wrap this up. For my co-host, Giannis Janais, I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you, as always, for watching and listening to Cottage Talk. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.